0: I have a brief word that I want to bring to you. This is a word that the Lord has been working in my heart and in Pastor Sam's heart and uh, something that we have been, that God has been stirring in us for some time and it connects with a recent uh, series of messages we did here. For the fall here we're going to be looking at a, a brand new series called Out of the Box, Increasing Kingdom Influence. I believe that what we're experiencing here this morning and, and Even the ministry that we've received from the Teen Challenge Choir is already God speaking to us, and I love when he illustrates, before I ever even get a chance to say anything, he already illustrates that which is in his heart to bring to us. This summer we did a series of messages entitled Kingdom Culture." And we discovered that there is a kingdom culture which transcends all earthly cultures and transforms our earthly cultural worldview, values, and practices. Here at Bethel Christian Fellowship, we have at any time, uh, I think the last census is about people from about 28 different nations who worship with us here. And then we have our family of churches. And, and all of us bring to us, and all of you who are a part of Team Challenge this morning, you've come from a particular earthly culture and what i want to say to you all of us and remind us again this morning is that there is a kingdom culture which both transcends is higher than any of our individual earthly cultures and also there is a kingdom culture which actually comes in and begins to transform those earthly cultures It begins to transform us from the inside out, beginning with our worldview, which is the very unconscious center place of the way we think about the world around us, to our values, the things that we value, the things that, the way in which we operate in our world and the practices then, how that actually looks as we begin to live our life. Romans 12.2, Paul spoke to this, the Apostle Paul, when he said, do not conform to the pattern Or the kingdom, or I'm sorry, the earthly culture of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In other words, you will begin to operate with a kingdom culture mentality. Now, we, over the next several Months are going to be looking at increasing kingdom influence into very particular areas. The area of education, religion, arts and entertainment, family and kinship, marketplace, media and government. We're going to have a number of different voices who are going to be sharing with us and speaking to us. Because here's what we believe. And that is, is that as our worldview, values and practices are shaped by this kingdom culture. We become catalysts of transformation in the earthly cultural systems around us, including these key systems. Was it Amanda? Amanda, where are you? Amanda was talking about this. This is what you were talking about, hon. You were talking about being a catalyst of transformation back into your family and wherever you go. That was so encouraging to me. Thank you for your testimony. Because that's what God has called us to be. In all of these significant areas of influence, He is calling His people to be catalysts of transformation. Anybody in here, an educator? We got a lot of educators in the house. Anybody here ministering to people of other religions? Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim? Yeah, we got a lot of folks doing that. In fact, we had two young people from the Korean congregation who just Just came out of Buddhism three months ago. Just came to Christ. All right? Arts and entertainment. Anybody involved in the area of the arts or an entertainment area? Okay. Beautiful. All right. Family. Anybody got family? (laughs) All right. Thank you, Eric. Where are you, Eric? That was stunning, wherever you are. In the back, Eric. You got a family, bro. It's good. Thank you. Thanks for your testimony. Family and kinship. Marketplace. Anybody involved in business? Anybody Anybody got a job outside of the church that does? Okay, you're out in the marketplace, secular place. All right. Anybody here involved in media? All right. Excellent. Anybody involved in government? Do we have anybody involved in government? All right. We've got some. All right. Excellent. You are being called into this because we believe that the Spirit is leading us as a people out of the box and into increasing kingdom influence in these various earthly systems. Can I hear a witness? Anybody can say amen to that? Do you believe that? I believe that. I believe that the Spirit of God in this time is leading Bethel Christian Fellowship, but not only Bethel Christian Fellowship, I believe that, actually this is a word for the broader church, I believe that God is leading His people out of the box. into increasing kingdom influence. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus told this parable. He said, what is the kingdom of God like? He asked this question, and people asked this question, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? He said, it's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. Again, he asked, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? Well, it's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all the way through the dough. So this morning, I want to take just a few moments to talk about two things related to Jesus' parable. The first is, I want to define for us what the kingdom of God is. Can anybody tell me um, what the kingdom of God is. What? What? How do we define the kingdom of God? We hear the word all the time. What does it mean? Heaven? Dominion? Okay, what else? God's will? Okay, okay. Lots and lots of good answers coming towards me. Here is the simplest way that we can define what the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is the rule of, and reign of God. You see, typically when we think about kingdom, we're thinking about a geographic realm. For our friends who are here, our Bhutanese Christian Fellowship, many of them are refugees from Nepal, who had been kicked they're, they're, they and 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 their people were removed from Bhutan to Nepal, placed in refugee camps, and then came here in the last two to three years and some much more recently than that. Bhutan is a Buddhist kingdom. Nepal is a Hindu kingdom. They have kings in those kingdoms. And they are geographic realms that are defined by certain geographic you know, parameters. And so there's king and there's, and there's laws related to those kingdoms. And in fact, to be a Christian in those kingdoms is very difficult because there isn't freedom of religion. If you're in Bhutan, you're supposed to be Buddhist. If you're in Nepal, you're supposed to be Hindu. But God's at work. He's brought the nations here. And we've seen dozens of folks come to Christ out of Buddhist and Hindu backgrounds. Because they're coming into the kingdom of God, which is the rule and reign of God. Now, the kingdom of God, now this is a simple revelation here, but catch it, the kingdom of God has a king. Who is that king? That king is Jesus, the Christ. Let me remind you, Christ is not Jesus' last name. I'm Jim Olson. Jesus' last name is not Christ. That's his title. Christ is the same. It means, in the Old Testament, it was Messiah, the Anointed One, it means Jesus is the Christ. He is the King. Now, as the King, the King gets to make the rules. So Jesus is the one who makes the rules in His kingdom, and He reigns yesterday, today, and forever! Hallelujah! So he's the king, he makes the rules. And he reigns. Now, embedded in the scripture we just looked at in Luke 13 are six kingdom principles that I'm going to share with you very quickly. So, If you're taking notes, just write fast. Well, they'll they'll be up there and they'll stay up there. But just, just follow with me quickly here. And then we're going to be coming to the table. But these principles are absolutely essential if we're going to understand the way in which God is taking us out of the box. How he's going to increase his kingdom influence through us. What is the kingdom of God like? It's like this mustard seed. It's like this yeast. So what do we learn from the picture? Because parables are windows into a deeper reality. Jesus used parables because picture, you know, it says a picture's worth a thousand words, the pictures that Jesus draws gives us insight into something deeper, but we have to peer through the window to see what those insights are. So let me look through the window with you to understand these kingdom principles. The first is this. The kingdom is centered in the ordinary and the powerless. I love this. I love this. What does it say to us in 1 Corinthians 1 when Paul's writing to the Corinthian church? In verse 26, he says, Friends, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. I loved it when you were singing this morning, I'm not walking in shame anymore because guess what? God loves the foolish, weak things like you and me. So don't you ever say, well, I'm just nobody. I'm just us. There are not no just us in the kingdom of God. In fact, the kingdom is not centered in Washington, D.C. It's not centered in the Capitol building in St. Paul. It's not centered in Wall Street. It's not centered in the Pentagon. When, you know, coming up to 9-11, when when that tragedy happened, they thought they were striking at the most important pieces and the heart and soul of America by striking, trying and attempting to strike those major places of the marketplace, of government, of the military. But I want to say to you this morning... That that's not as important as those institutions might be. That's not where the kingdom of God is centered. This is where it's centered. In ordinary people like you and me, who are obedient to a king. Secondly, the kingdom of God is organic And not mechanistic. It's not mechanical. It's not about all the right systems. It's not about, let let me help you understand this. It's not about following all of, you know, check marks and check boxes and all of those things. It's about a relationship with a person. You want to continue to walk in recovery? You want to continue to walk in life? Jesus told us how to do it in John 15. He said, abide in me and I will abide in you you can never get away never get away from the very simple reality that this is about a relationship with a living person jesus christ this is not a religion made up of a bunch of simply of rules that you are going to follow you are following the rule of the king who said i am the way the truth and the life you want the way you want truth you want life ain't no other way but through Jesus. Thirdly, the kingdom of God is dynamic, not static. Matthew 11:12 it says the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing. I love that. When you look at the yeast, you look at the mustard seed, it's growing, it's dynamic, it's not static, it's not just sitting there and it's not defensive. Church, we don't have to be in some sort of fortress mentality. God has not called us to be a fortress, hiding behind our box and our walls. We are called to be a force. Yes? Influencing all of these systems, you know, these big bad systems that are out there. God is calling us to be a dynamic force for Him. The gates of Hades will not prevail against the church. The gates aren't coming at us. We're coming at the gates. The kingdom is at work from the inside. It doesn't dominate from the outside. It's not some sort of external control. Jesus didn't come and announce with a bullhorn, I'm here now. And, and somehow, you know, just sort of shake the Roman government and all of that. He didn't come controlling from the outside. He came bringing transformation from the inside out. Ezekiel chapter 36 says this. I, verse 26, I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You aren't going to do it by gritting your teeth and sort of trying to... You can't overcome addiction by trying to out-control it. All you can do is surrender and receive a new heart. By the way, I'm not just preaching at you. I'm preaching at me and all of us because all of us, we're addicted to sin till we are set free. Oh, it may look different in all of our lives, but each and every one of us, we're all level before the cross. The kingdom of God is a catalyst of transformation. I love what it says in Acts 17, 6, where it says, these folks have turned the whole world upside down. That's what I'm talking about. Jesus wants to turn the whole world upside down through us. We are catalysts of transformation. Congregation, you've heard me share this many times, but let me remind all of us again. You are called to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. A thermometer simply reflects the ambient temperature around it. A thermometer changes the atmosphere. You can change the atmosphere in your office. You can change the atmosphere in your school. You can change the atmosphere in arts and entertainment. In all of these areas, you can be a catalyst of transformation. Finally, for those of you keeping score, this is number six, so we're coming in for a landing right now. The kingdom has exponential impact. The kingdom has exponential impact it brings a kind of transformation that is way above and beyond what would appear naturally possible. This yeast, this little bit of yeast, worked into 60 pounds of dough. Have you ever seen yeast? Ain't much to it. But when it's stirred in, To that dough, it's the thing that starts to bring transformation. That little, tiny, little mustard seed, the smallest seed in the garden, grows up to be this large tree in which the birds come and nest. By the way, Amy didn't even know, and Gracie, they didn't know what I was preaching on today, so it's kind of cool. All right. it's The exponential impact of the kingdom of God. Let me tell you a pic, show you a picture, and I'm going to ask um, the pastors from our, our family of churches and those leaders who are with them, and, and from Bethel, it's Gene it's and, and um, yeah, no, I'm sorry, Ken and Tom, who are coming to serve. Would you please come, Pastor Ben and uh, Pastor Daniel? This is Pastor Daniel's last Sunday with us before he returns to Haiti, where he has apostolic ministry there. We've heard from Pastor Daniel earlier, a couple weeks ago. Uh, He's going to help me at the table here this morning. But as, and uh, Kathy and Tom, I think you're, or Tom is coming. And Pastor Lerthu, Tom, I need you to serve too. Thank you. Pastor Kishore, now, come. Lal, Samuel. Pastor Lidovic, Amelia, Come. Come. we have others? Uh, Pastor Daniel, are you here? Pastor Daniel Gudu, I did not see him earlier. Okay. Do we have um, other, okay, there are other elders here. Would you please step up, elders? Any other elders? Come now, Gene, whoever else. Andrew, thank you. I want you to listen to me. No, I don't want you to listen to me. I want you to listen to the Lord. I want you to listen to this revelation And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen, praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? Where did they come from? And I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will spread His tent over them. And never again will they hunger. And never again will they thirst. And the sun will not beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. This is the exponential impact of the kingdom. There is still room in His house before His throne. That every tribe and tongue and people on earth will bow before Him. And this morning as we come to this table, we have a simple reflection of that here today. As we come to receive these elements, we are reminded that He, His body was broken. That we might be made whole. His blood was shed. That we might be free now and forever from the power of sin and death. Receive these elements today. This has become to us a symbol of the very bread of life. This has become to us a symbol of the very cup of salvation. Today, this table is available to you. Worship team, come on up. This table is available to you today. To all who are here. You are invited to this table whether this is the first time you've ever been here or you've been coming here for 50 years. To come and participate at this table requires only one thing. That you receive the gift of life that he has offered to you. That you receive the gift of salvation. That you receive that gift that he has given to all of us through his death on the cross. It is as simple as saying, Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I recognize that you died on that cross for my sins. I repent. Today, I turn away from doing it myself and I turn to you now and I receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And receive these gifts together. Receive them as a confirmation of that commitment. Parents, I'll need you to... uh, help guide your children in this, you know their relationship with the Lord, whether they have received him or not. You, you, you we're, we're asking you to, to cover that. I'd like us, before we sing the next song, actually, I'd like to go to that last slide. There it is. We're going to pray together the Lord's Prayer as we prepare our hearts to come to the table. And this is a part of the key scripture for this out-of-the-box increasing kingdom influence because we are praying, your kingdom come, your will be done. So would you join me now in praying the Lord's Prayer? And I'm going to invite you, while we pray that in English, if you would like to pray that in whatever your heart language is, if you know the Lord's Prayer in your language, whatever that language is, would you please pray that in your language, your heart language, And together, we will pray this before the Lord today. All right, here we go. Our Our Father, who art in heaven, heaven. hallowed be thy name. Your Your kingdom kingdom come, come, your your will will be done on earth earth as as it is in in heaven. heaven. Give Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah.
1: Let's pray. Seigneur Jésus,
0: Mm.
1: Merci pour grâce. Yes. Merci pour amour. Merci pour sang où qui t'est coulé. Merci, bon Dieu, pour Jésus Christ qui t'est cloué sous bois calvaire pour bannir la vie. Kuniya, ne pas le prendre. ça qui représente 100 christ et sans san sa qui représente 20 sa qui représente 100 christ demandez que Christ ça purifier nous et sans ça 20 sa capable laver nous de péché nou yo. et un jour nous va dans ciel là ensemble avec vous c'est non jésus christ sauve nous nous prier Amen.
0: Amen, 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 amen. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Let us eat. In the same way, after supper He took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us drink. Did you hear that? Until he comes. Yes, Hallelujah. He's coming again. Hallelujah. 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 Just open your hands, if you would, the Lord. to receive the benediction this morning. Open your hands. Ah. Lord Jesus, we rejoice in You today. We rejoice in You! Our Savior and our King, we love You. And we offer ourselves before You as living sacrifices. Our acceptable worship unto You. Lord, that You would take us out of the box to be catalysts of transformation in every place where You call us to go. And now I pray, with Your hands open, receive. I ask that today you might be filled again with the immeasurable love of God the Father with the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, with the immeasurable strength, power, comfort, and hope of the Holy Spirit be with you and yours. As you go from this house to yours, sent to make disciples of all nations, I pray that the banner of His favor And goodness will be covering your life. And until we gather again in this house or in our eternal home, I bless you, people of God. I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And all God's people said, Amen.